0: Uh, Well, welcome to uh, Brettonomics podcast series brought to you by the Bretton Woods Committee. Um, This series um, talks about the institutions that are there to create a framework for cooperation for international monetary and economic cooperation. Um, So far, we've been uh, talking about the role of the IMF. Since Bretton Woods, we talked about its origination, its core mission to promote international monetary and financial stability. Uh, We talked about its critical role in helping to resolve sovereign debt crises. Then we talked about the changes that happened as capital markets became more uh, complex uh, with the Asian financial crises in the 1990s and then the great financial crisis of 2000 and how that added to and modified the framework some more, creating the financial stability forum the Financial Stability Board, and modifying somewhat the, the way the IMF conducts some of its activities. Um, today, we're going to look at uh, the Bank for International Settlements, uh, which is headquartered in Basel, Switzerland. I wanted to mention that because you're going to hear the word Basel used a lot, and you'll know why. Um, And we're going to talk about its role in central banking and in overall uh, cooperation among central banks and in the framework for the international financial system more broadly. Uh, We're also going to take time for a view from sort of 30,000 feet at the overall institutional framework, and we have the ideal person today to be able to do that. Our guest is Augustine Carstens, who's currently the general manager of the Bank for International Settlements. And as such, he has a seat on the Financial Stability Board as well. In his earlier career, Augustine was on the executive board of the IMF, a deputy managing director of the IMF when I had the opportunity to work with him directly. He was the finance minister and then the central bank governor of Mexico. And in those capacities, he was part of the G20, and he also chaired the International Monetary and Financial Committee of the IMF. So if anyone can assess the system from 30,000 feet, Augustine can, so I look forward to this conversation. Welcome.
1: Thank you very much, Nancy, a real pleasure to be with you.
0: Uh, well, our first question is is pretty broad, which is, please give me the basics. Can you explain to us what the BIS is, how it was developed as a forum for central bank cooperation internationally, and, and take us up a little bit to the present day?
1: Yes, of course. Thank you very much, Nancy. The BIS was founded over 90 years ago. It was founded in 1930. And uh, it, it started uh, in a very particular way. Uh, it, it was a solution to a very specific problem, which was uh, the, the payments of, of uh, the payments that resulted from the reparations of the First World War. Germany needed to make pay, payments to many European countries. They needed uh, an institution that was neutral and that had the capacity to exe- exe- execute this. So the central banks uh, got together, uh, uh, founding a group of founding fathers of the BIS. And uh, so they were basically six countries, Germany, Switzerland, France, uh, the UK, Belgium, and Italy. And they decided to put it here in Basel because uh, it was well connected by train and by river. And uh, they found it convenient to meet here. Uh, what is interesting is that the VIS as an institution, uh, lived through, you know, the, in a way, the, the, I would say, the abandonment, abandonment, abandonment of the original motivation for the institution, because, as we well know, the. Payments of reparation ceased Uh, soon after the institution was founded. We entered into other geopolitical problems, in particular here in Europe, all the way to the Second World War and so on and so forth. But the central banks involved uh, in that initial effort uh, thought that it was great to meet uh, periodically and to discuss and cooperate and collaborate uh, as much as they could. I uh, think the uh, banking operation was created uh, in parallel, uh, besides being a forum for debate and consultation. Uh, the institution survived the Second World War and co- it continued to operate in, 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 a, in a very efficient way, uh, having a very high quality of, of, of uh, analysis, economic analysis, at some point, uh, when the IMF was created, some countries thought that the BIS should not exist any longer and merged to the fund. But uh, thank God uh, that idea didn't progress. And uh, and not only the BIS survived, also this attempt of merger with the with the VI with the IMF, but slowly became became a a, a more global institution. First, it started to work with other advanced economy central banks, uh, with the U.S., uh, with Japan, with Canada, uh, with some other European countries that were not part of the founding father uh, group. Uh, And uh, it started, you know, increasing its scope. At the same time, central banking became more convoluted, more sophisticated, more areas were important. Uh, and, uh, you know, so subsequently, there were some important, uh, 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 you know, uh, high points or, or reference points in the history of the VIS. In, in the mid 90s, it was decided to start inviting also to be members. Uh, emerging market central banks, Uh, and and so slowly it has been increasing its membership. Now we have 63 member central banks, and the mandate of the BIS has been also evolving, as I say. I mean, the the issue of facilitating facilitating payments evolved into a fully-fledged banking operation, the banking operation more than anything other than helping uh, central banks to do payments. Uh, we we help them providing services for the administration of their international reserves. And, uh, of course, we also support some uh, countries uh, with liquidity, very short-term liquidity in case of need. Uh, then it, this became a great fora, for collaboration and cooperation among central banks, it had it has created this discipline of a very very a, a active and periodic meetings. As of today, central bank a, governors meet here six times a, a year, a, and that's that's a very unique feature of the VIS. I mean, if you remember at the IMF, the IMF. The principals, I have to say, they are not that involved. Uh, You have a full-time board, uh, but the the principals meet twice a year, the annual meetings, the summer, the spring meetings. But it's a massive event, and even the IMFC uh, is important, but it doesn't have the degree of involvement and detailing the discussion that we have here in Basel. So here we have six meetings a year, there are two or three days, very broad agenda, uh, looking into many different aspects, obviously of central banking, but also financial markets. Uh, during the life of the of the BIS, uh, different uh, committees were created. And some have become extremely important. Uh, probably the most famous one is the Basel Committee on Bank Supervision, uh, that was created in the 70s uh, at, the, at the time of the Herstatt bank collapse, uh, and therefore to eliminate that type of risk, uh, more concentration on 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 payments and regulation started. Eventually, the the VCBS, the Basel Committee, worked to incorporate also bank supervisors. And as of today, is the main forum to issue guidelines for the regulation and supervision of the banking system, in particular, the ones who are internationally active to provide a, a level playing field. A, a minimum common denominator in terms of regulation and strength of supervision other very important uh, committee is uh, the cpmi which is the committee on payments and market infrastructure that also looks into uh, as as you know it's usually it's called the plumbing but it's more than plumbing uh, it is uh, basically a, a very essential part of how monetary policy is also implemented and how one of the key functions of money, which is being a means of payment, is developed. There there has been a lot of innovation, uh, starting with discussions about cash and different forms of settlement, the security settlement, and so on and so forth, uh, all the way to the most modern discussions that we have today Uh, For example, on on central bank digital money and uh, those type of aspects. Uh, There are also other committees, the markets committee that uh, assess the functioning of the global markets, you know, foreign exchange markets, uh, bond markets, uh, uh, different type of even derivative markets and so on. Uh, And the importance for the implementation of monetary policy. And the CGFS, which is the the committee that discusses the development of uh, capital markets and financial infrastructure in the the financial system. Uh, The meetings that we have periodically here in Basel, we have a global economy meeting where all the governors participate and the conjunctural aspects are being addressed but also topical discussions on the issue of interest of central banks, Uh, and, well, many other discussions take place here. Uh, I would say that uh, in terms of of cooperation, collaboration, uh, a tight-knit community, uh, the BIS is unique, and the, the way central banks operate in that sense is unique. I mean, I, I, I cannot think of other fields of government where the principals meet uh, with such frequency. Yeah. And, and well, of course, interaction doesn't stop in the meetings. There are many working groups, many works work that is going on in between. And, of course, the networking that takes place here is also very, very, very particular. Uh, we have... A representative office in the Americas in Mexico, not because I'm Mexican. This was for time before before I was general manager. Yeah, but
0: you had a right to set it up if you had wanted to later.
1: <laughs> uh, and then we have another office in Hong Kong, uh, having a leg in Asia. A, a more recent development uh, took place in 2018, uh, 19, where we came also with what we call it now, the BIS innovation hub. We realized that technology was traveling, evolving at tremendous speed. Uh, We run the risk of lagging behind. There is a lot of economies of scale in learning about technology and the application of technology into monetary policy, financial uh, markets, payments, and the... And so we now have a very important pillar of the BIS, uh, which is this joint venture. uh, It's not a commercial. It's joint joint, uh, objective of developing uh, technology for the use of the financial system and more than anything, producing technology as a public good for the central bank, regulatory and supervisory uh, community. And we have been tremendously successful there. Being now the BIS hope leader in uh, that field, so I mean I think uh, that covers the.
0: Yeah, you've given us a you've given us a wonderful tour of the of the BIS and all of its activities and and how they've how they've evolved and the importance, and I I mean I think you're right that the, unless there are fora of defense ministers. That meet as often as central bank governors, but I certainly, I you know, I don't see it with finance ministers. At at lower levels, you tend to have quite frequent contacts at sort of undersecretary levels of, in the in the in the finance ministries and treasuries. But this um, the, the the uniqueness of the BIS as a forum for central bank. Um, uh, Candid and 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 open dialogue is really is really unique. Um, I mean, what's interesting is there's the dialogue, but unlike the IMF where there are rights and obligations, there's there's no sort of legal mandate as to what's supposed to come out of it. It's really discussion for discussion's sake of coming up with better policy solutions uh, to problems. So now let's talk about a few of the specifics. Um, in in uh, one of our earlier podcasts, we talked about the um, uh, about the uh, financial stability forum. I think we've I think we've talked a bit already about how the BIS started to host um, uh, on banking supervision matters. Um, but I wonder, if you could talk to us a little bit, when, when the FSF was created um, and then was replaced by the FSB, there was a decision for the BIS to uh, act as the secretariat supporting uh, those important fora. Uh, and I guess the first chairman of the uh, Financial Stability Forum was the uh, general manager, then general manager of the BIS, uh, Andrew Crockett. Uh, who was a central banker? Um, how did that come about?
1: Well, I mean, um, I think I think a key aspect is the fact that uh, at that time the membership that the VIS had pretty much was very similar to the one that was. Uh, considered as an objective for the FSB. Mm-hmm. Uh, at the same time, I would say, given the work that the 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 the, F- the BIS have had been doing uh, in the BCBS, in the ban- in the in the, com- in the in the Basel Committee on Bank Supervision, uh, a lot of the elements uh, that were uh, going to be addressed. Were concentrated here. Many central banks have also the duty of bank supervision, not necessarily of other forms of supervision like a, a securities regulation or supervision. Uh, so it was it was considered as a as a good institution, as the appropriate institution to 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 host the FSB. Uh, I have to say the FSB is not part of the the BIS. We are their host. We provide them services. We support their work, and we're formal members of them. But it's not like a department of the BIS. The FSB has an independent governance. And I would say that the main reason for that is also because in the FSB, uh, the ministries of finance also play a very important role. You no, know? Therefore, it would be sort of difficult to have a, an international organization where ministers of finance were also part of them to be, be formally part of an institution that uh, it's only it's only shareholders and its governance against on central banks. That's right. So it's to, really
0: the central central bankers central bank.
1: Yeah, in, in a, way, a in a exactly. in a
0: way, yeah.
1: Yeah. Way. So that's 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 why it was uh, uh, put together in that way.
0: Yeah. Now I had some some uh, feeling when the FSF when when. There was the first stage of this when the FsF was created, and as a result of the report that was um, uh, issued by a working group chaired by the uh, head of the Bundesbank by Hans Teetmer that there was um, there was a concern and I mean this having worked at the Treasury and also at the Federal Reserve, that my sense is that there's a certain central bank ethos that um you wanna have sufficient say about how particularly the major financial institutions in your market are being regulated and supervised. Because ultimately if they run into funding problems, uh, the central bank's lender of last resort function may be called upon uh, and you want some control over how those emergencies might arise. So, my sense was at the beginning, there was, when, when there was talk about could the IMF take on this role or should it, you know, what should we be doing, that there was a need for some compromise to make sure the central banks felt comfortable uh, giving up some authority to, uh, to a broader collective, but also make sure that all of the parts that were really had a, had a, had a role to play. Uh, and financial system stability, where they are from finance ministers to the uh, regulatory bodies to uh, the institutions like the IMF and the World Bank and BIS has a seat at the table and so forth. But it, it's, um, you know, it, it's, it's sort of all of this in terms of getting cooperation and, and a framework for cooperation. It's always a matter of the art of the possible. How do you get Absolutely. people to, to right? How do you get people to agree to? to to take something forward. So, um, so um, I wanted you to talk a little bit uh, more about um, the research function of the BIS, which is extremely important, and, and give us a sense of um, which of the research and reports that it produces do you feel are really unique contributions that the BIS makes as opposed to being kind of one of many, uh, whether it's OECD or IMF or World Bank, uh, that, that do a fair amount of research and reporting on economic issues, international economic issues. What's special about the BIS?
1: Well, I mean, I, th- I think that, that one aspect that we try to exploit is the very intense interaction with the different central banks that goes all the way from governors to, you know, junior researchers, uh, that uh, allows us to uh, extract powerful signals about what is in the minds of central bank governors, but more than anything also what is what are the questions they have and what are the issues where they would like to have uh, I would say, more uh, more light, no? Uh, some case, we obviously don't come with, the <laughs> a, 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 we don't have an eureka moment every time, but at least we can frame the discussion in such a way that uh, through different interactions, uh, uh, you know, uh, much more knowledge is, is being produced. So it's very deep, very. What we try to do is very solid work from a theoretical point of view, but with a very, a, a, a very, with a very strong focus on policy.
0: You no.
1: Know? Uh, I would say that. Um, that the intern obviously the, the, the international dimension of it is important. Uh, and the, I would say that uh, uh, what we try to do is to be to have a relevant presence in uh, with different types of publications. Uh, To keep our staff motivated in research, you need to give them time and give them a window for them to be able to produce the top-notch academic research. That keeps us nimble, and, and I would say we preserve in that way our capital of knowledge. Uh, we like to be able to interact with top universities of the world. As a matter of fact, uh, in many in the fields of banking, for example, or monetary policy, even against some universities, uh, we we are at the very top, you know. Uh, the other thing that we do is that uh, we produce a series called The Bulletins. Where is very timely research? I mean, where we don't develop full light, ID- I mean, we don't do, let's say, a research with the depth of a, a, a journal paper, but where we analyze a, a current events with a, a, with a lot of technical sophistication. So let's say very recently we had uh, problems with some uh, banks. So we issued already some of bu- a few bulletins where we point out what the basic problem was and what are the issues to address. Uh, we have a quarterly review that they were there more, we go there more into. Technical aspects, but also into long, longer type of research. And a, a thing where we also have a lot of comparative advantage is we have a tremendously rich uh, database. Uh, working with all the central banks, and and that also gives us a lot of elements to to exploit that database to identify capital flows to to to. Uh, analyze uh, market functioning, uh, and and, and so on and so forth. And of course, we also have uh, our flagship publication, which is our annual economic report. We just put it out uh, where we try to have more uh, substantive uh, analysis on the state of the global economy, global financial markets, but also deep reflections on the policy challenges as we go forward. Part also, but I would say probably the most important research is the one we prepare for in-house use when the governors are here. I mean, we want to motivate a good discussion, and therefore you have to present issues for discussion. And uh, to write to, ask the, to be able to ask the right question is, is not that simple.
0: <laughs> right. And, right. Uh,
1: and, and what we try to do is precisely to motivate discussions, asking the, the, the right questions. Sometimes we also give answers, but we know that the, what will enrich everything is the process of discussion among governments. Uh, so I think we, 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 we play a very important role in, in knowledge sharing uh, among central banks,
0: what seemed, you know, it, it seemed to me as as, a, as an observer of some of the the BIS and, and, and consumer of some of the BIS publications that where the BIS has has really been an international thought leader has been on the links between the financial sector and the world economy. Um, And and as you said, you're you're drawing on the knowledge of all the central banks that are participating, and that's certainly the area of their focus, since monetary policy gets carried out through the banking system and through principally government securities markets, but in some cases, like during the great financial crisis, others as well. um, That that's at the core of what they do is look at how those markets are interacting with the real economy and how actions that they're taking uh are going to feed through the system and and that the uniqueness of the BIS position I think just gives them a depth of understanding uh and an ability to um highlight and see issues and raise issues uh that that uh that's really that really is unique so um now, uh, my next question for you is to, is to come go up to sort of 30,000 feet. <laughs> um, you served at the IMF. You've served in senior government positions in uh, finance ministry and central bank, in the BIS and the FSB. Uh, we have the G7. We have the G20. We have the IMFC. Um, we've got a lot of pieces of this institutional framework. Um, do you think the division of responsibilities in the framework and how it functions uh, is fit for purpose?
1: Well, um, I think by and large it, it works quite well. Uh, again, you, you said it a few a few minutes ago. Sometimes uh, you have to you have to deal with whatever is possible, okay. uh, which not always is the same as what is perfect. Okay. Uh, but I think, by and large, uh, 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 we have covered uh, relatively well uh, the scope of what is needed. Uh, Different groupings have resulted out of uh, different
0: uh,
1: uh, instances and different
0: uh, layers. Uh, I mean, in a way,
1: I, I would say all these fora tend to be complementary, even though at some point there can be some overlap in, in, in some agenda items which, by the way, I think the more analysis you have on certain issues, probably you will end up having a better uh, out, better view of what is really going on. Uh, I mean, if, if you compare, for example, the VIS with the fund, the fund has a universal membership. We have a more limited membership. Uh, that allows us to be more focused uh, on certain uh, aspects of financial markets, uh, the VIS obviously covers uh, some central banks or some activities that we just don't cover uh, the IM, we we tend to dwell much deeper on fina- as you say on financial aspects financial markets, bank international banking transactions, uh, derivative markets and so on. Uh, the IMF has a very important role to play in terms of fiscal policy. We don't, I mean, we we certainly follow fiscal aspects. Uh, We incorporate them in our macro uh, analysis, but we don't go into the the nitty gritty details of taxation or government expenditure or or things like that, no? We concentrate more on the mandates of the central bank uh, in payments and uh, uh, the development of means of payments we play, play a lot of attention uh, the IMF doesn't have the depth we that in this regard. Uh, other fora uh, are more an expression also of of uh, you know the opportunity or the need to coordinate more broadly speaking uh, on economic and financial matters where, uh, the involvement of 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 uh, uh, ministers of finance become important, and therefore, therefore, I think the G seven play a very important role. The G twenty play a very important role. Uh, so, I mean, I I think by and large, by and large, uh, we have covered covered well the the ground. Uh, with the Financial Stability Board plays another very important role, needless to say. Uh, what is important also is the Financial Stability Board is reports to the G20, so that gives it more level of legitimacy.
0: And and uh, and they're also present at the IMFC, and so there's, yeah. there are more connections, more ways to sort of connect the dots.
1: Yeah, and you know... Uh, I mean, at the end of the day, everything it ends up being connected. But let's let's what we I think it has to be in the right dimension. The World Bank also plays a very important role in different aspects in 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 development uh, in some very pressing issues like climate change, uh, remittances. Uh, so I uh, I mean I think at the end of the day, if we bring all the institutions together in, in 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 what is the output, uh you, you I think we can say that the jobs get done.
0: <laughs> you yeah, know. It may not it may not be, as you said, it may it may not be the most efficient it could possibly be. But but uh, negotiation and cooperation, collaboration, persuading people is not a is not uh an efficient operation by definition. So absolutely. Uh, so let well, me ask you let, let, let me ask you one one more question on um, on going back a bit more to the central banks again. Um, uh, one of the unique challenges in making the framework successful, it seems to me, is how to balance central bank's mandates to target inflation and potentially other objectives like the the, the Federal Reserve's dual mandate. But to do that at a national level, uh, implying a certain amount of independence of national monetary policy formulation and execution with the imperative to deliver monetary stability at a global level. Uh, and the, the latter could benefit from a degree of cooperation, if not coordination, among central banks, which you've described well and, and is happening. Um, and I wonder if you want to talk a little bit more about the ways institutions like the BIS are actually facilitating
1: that international dimension? Well, I mean, uh, I guess our main contribution is to provide the fora for discussion, and not only the physical place, but also all the the accompanying documents to make different central banks aware of what is happening in other parts of the world. Uh, At the end of the day, uh, central banks have their own mandate and that mandate uh, establishes some, some apparent limits on what they can do. But nevertheless, I think to have analysis, to have access to information, to have discussion, at least brings into the rather screen the international dimension. And uh, without losing the priorities that the law or, or the chapters impose on them, oftentimes they are things that can be done in such a way that both the best result internationally is achieved through following the domestic mandates. I would say most of the time it happens that way. Um, I would say that uh, that there are other other aspects of uh, 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 collaboration that, that are important. Uh, for example, in terms of more recently, the use of the swap lines the, that the Federal Reserve provides, I think that has been tremendously useful uh, in, in many, many recent events. And, 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 and the use of that, that is derived from the knowledge of what's going on in other countries.
0: Yeah, I mean, well, it's really this, the spillover effects of, of one country's policy on the other. And also the spillover or the feedback uh, of of that as well. So. Uh,
1: yeah. So you know, I mean, uh, uh, yeah, I mean, it's very hard to to ask central banks to do things that they're not allowed to do. <laughs> so. Right.
0: Exactly. Well, and we have an IM, and we do have an IMF, right? We have an IMF with a function in this in but this area.
1: Also, but a- it's different. Yeah. yeah, it doesn't have necessarily the same instruments.
0: No? Right, right, that's right. Well yeah.
1: sometimes sometimes uh, 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 when the situation has required uh, central banks have core have coordinated actions, for example in affecting or adjusting interest rates on providing support to different countries. Yeah. Uh, but everything is done uh, within uh, the I mean respecting fully the mandates of each central bank.
0: Right, right. Well, this is this has been such a great uh, discussion, Augustine, and and um, I'm not sure I'm not sure there's anything else out there quite like this conversation, which really explains the mystery of what central bankers do over there in Basel. There's always this great fog of mystery ab- around it, and and this I think makes it. Uh, quite clear and also shows how important it is as a key institution for international monetary and financial cooperation. And we need to know about it to, to really see the full picture. So this podcast concludes our series that looked at the institutions promoting international monetary and financial cooperation and how they evolved since Bretton Woods. Our future series will explore the institutions for cooperation and economic development, such as the World Bank and the Regional Development Banks. We'll also talk about the OECD. And then we'll also talk about the institutions promoting cooperation for a free and open trading system. So we hope you uh, enjoyed the journey of Brettonomics so far, and we'll, uh, I look forward to, uh, to joining us in the next chapter. Thanks again.
1: Thank you.